Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Hello and welcome along to the Rugby Pod, brought to you as usual by our good friends at Guinness. Together we'll be bringing you more live shows throughout the season. And if you're into coffee, they've partnered with Brad Barrett's Tiki Tonga Coffee Roasters to create a new coffee. It's called 232 Brew, which will go nicely with the morning World Cup kickoffs. Just check out tikitonga.co.uk if you fancy getting your hands on some of that. Jim and Goody are with me here as usual. How are you boys? Good. Good. You good? I'm good. No, I'm polar opposite to good. Uh, I'm good. Very good. Is there an illness to come in this week? Or? No, Andy Rose ill this week. Well, hang How on. are you what, not what, ill? I know why he's not ill. He's got the immune system of a buffalo. <laughs> the amount of food poison you must get through deep fried food. You ain't get getting ill. You ain't getting ill. We've just said the amount of food poison I get through eating deep fried food and yeah. then you, went, you ain't getting ill. Yeah, but it gives you the immune system that you've got of a, of a wildebeest. Oh, you, you're clueless. Uh, no, no, I'm not too bad. Good weekend, Jim. Great weekend. Significantly different to last weekend. Friday, um, I did a 50-mile cycle raising money for Restart Rugby and raising awareness for mental health. Pedal the Premiership. So I did 50 miles for them, which was the second leg and I cycled from somewhere near Swindon uh, all the way to Reading on my bike. Loved it. And then I've been training every day. Yeah, that's absolute camel toe on the picture. I know, I mate. Well, this is the thing, like, you know, you obviously put, post pictures of your best life. I've posted it in all in Lycra. Hoof. There ain't, there ain't anything there. Mm. Tucked it round. So tucked it round the back of my leg no, like that for comfort. I think you're right. There ain't much there, is there? There weren't a lot there. I mean, the weather's obviously kicked in. It's getting cold. But I did my bit. I mean, good charity as well. Raising awareness for mental health. We know it's a poignant thing at the minute. 12 men every day take their own lives 84 a week so they're raising awareness for that and i wanted to do my part for it and um yeah good bloke so good man james good man so Goody. they yeah how far did you cycle on the weekend mate? <clears throat> i did a spin class yesterday did you oh, it, what what i did a spin class yesterday what, spin the bottle? What i mean all my sweat in a spin class um no I don't, I don't i don't have a bike that i go out in the roads you know that's uh i always get the fear of that why what was if you leave your house and get 20 miles away and then your tyre's absolutely hacked. You have a puncture, something happens. You fix the puncture. That's part of part of it, mate. Well, you have people to do that for you, Jim. Oh, area. This is different. But that's the th- and then how do you get home? If your bike's fucked, how do you get home? Mate, I had to bang it in the back of a taxi. I did think that. Once I got to Reading... Why didn't you ride in the... Why didn't you ride back? It was half seven at night. Mate, just battle through, mate. I was, up, through. I was up in the morning to do commentary for the northampton Surrey's game or the Surrey's northampton game because Surrey's were at home so you say that name first um so i had to get back i couldn't cycle cycle yeah, back fair enough. had to get up watch a quarter final and uh yeah so did that on friday I mean, i've been training every day since last week popping a bit of weight and i absolutely zero chest bit, on bit of timber Man, i've been doing a bit of bench zero chest yeah. up to 117 uh weight kgs what 117 kgs all up what do you mean all up? Well, I mean, like some people put one seventeen in one hand, or you know, or no, I'm, I'm, no, about, I'm weight, about, about my body weight. Oh, okay, yeah, but I can bench press one seventeen <laughs> for one. <laughs> Hilarious! I did have an interesting uh, experience today, actually. Did you? Mm. I'm walking down the road in London today with a client. Some blokes are like, "Goody, my old belly monster." I'm like, "Oh no!" So I've turned and had a look, and I've just waved. He's like, "Where's?" Fucking Jim and his melted wheelie bin and his Jap side. Why has it been like, horrible? Why has it been horrible to me? Why is he bringing me into it? I wasn't even there. He's called me the belly monster. And I'm with someone and this guy who's a client is like, um, do you know that gentleman? I'm like, oh no, I think he must listen to the podcast. And if you're that guy that shouted at me on the street when I'm with my client, I've lost a load of business, I'm coming for you. you if don't. I've got a beer in my hand, say what you want, boys. If I'm in my suit, none of that, please. I only ever see you in your suit, so I won't say anything more now. 
Don't be horrible. So I watched the uh, quarterfinals at the Greenwood in Victoria. Hell of an atmosphere. Where did you guys watch the quarterfinals and what did you make of them? Uh, well, I was hosting Flatiron Square again for Guinness. Of course you were. A uh, bit of a Q&A with Ben Foden. Oh, I see. Who is m- in the middle of Celebrity X Factor. Yeah, but... Have you, Absolutely have you, loving life. Have you listened to it or not? Nicole uh, Scherzinger... He's gone through to the next round. Yeah, he's through. Yeah, yeah do you know the song that he was singing or not? Way, oh, way, oh, way, oh, way, oh. Oh, yeah. I like the way you work it. No diggity. Oh, many, many, bang it up. I like the way you work it. No diggity. It was that song. Why was he... Why was he about to shit himself? Was he constantly? No, that's me doing the tone, because there was three of them, because Levi was doing it. Tom Evans and Ben Foden. So that's all three voices in once. Was one of them doing it like they were just about to unleash hell on the top? Not the way you work it. No diggity. And they can bag it, bag it up. What they're bagging up, by the way. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, no, he was uh, he was on great form. Talking to him about his experiences in LA. Imagine doing Celebrity X Factor and being flown out to LA, all expenses paid, put up in a house in LA. Simon Cowell's there. Nicole Scherzinger's there. The whole lot, and you're just going out living the life in LA, getting paid to do it. Well, hang on. I mean, that kid is loving life. What do you, just... mean, ima- what do you mean? Imagine that. Imagine getting married after two days. <laughs> <laughs> two weeks. It was two. two weeks. Oh, was it two weeks? Yeah, yeah. No, he's oh. on good form. Um, he sang for us on stage as well. What did he sing? Bit of Otis Redding sitting on the dock of the bay, mm, baby, watching Ooh. the tide oh. roll away. Mm-mm. Oh, yeah. Um, we should maybe release no a Christmas song. No, James, stop are you, there. Are you sure? Yeah. I I think people should let us know if if they want us to release a Christmas song. I genuinely I could bring the bagpipes into it somewhere. No, no, oh, no, 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 no. You're not invited, mate. Where no, does bagpipes and Christmas come in? It doesn't. <laughs> you need the maracas. That's what you need. Is the maracas? Maracas and Christmas. I don't think they get crackers. Together. Crackers. Oh, James. <laughs> Same thing. We are oh. going to release a Christmas song, and I am going to write it for us. Do you know we are going to get? No, you've done this before. What? You did the rap. Do you remember that rap? Do you remember how, how shit good. that rap was? <laughs> it was the rap. It was embarrassing. And people ask me, and generally, I sit there and I, you know, we, we're working wherever we're doing. I'm, you know, off out with the kids and people go, oh, good, you love the podcast. It's great. The next question is, is Jim Hamilton really as thick as he makes out on the podcast? What do you say? I'm like, I actually don't know. He's either really intelligent because he's playing up to being so stupid or genuinely, that's just how he is. Well, let them judge. <laughs> let them judge. I think they think... Um, what well, I think, James. Hey, they can think what they want, mate. Crackers and maracas, dear. There idea. we go, mate. So, quarterfinal. Shall we start off with England? Their quarterfinal victory over Australia. Goody, I know you want to talk about this. You were worried, weren't you, last week? I genuinely was worried um, because they have threats, Australia. You know, Karevi, uh, Korobetti, you know, they have got some pretty awesome forwards as well. And I, I was generally thinking, you know, we've had the wood over them for since the 2015 World Cup. Eddie Jones has played 6-1-6 and there's always a sting in the tail. There's always, um, you know, potentially a knockout game for something to happen. Australia in that first half, at times, looked outstanding. Pattaya looked good at outside centre, you know, made a couple of breaks and, but they were just clueless. I mean, I get, you know, checkers going, you're going to have to run and score tries and Australia have always played that way but you need some pragmatism. You need to understand that when you, put pressure on our position and you score a try and you, you, you're kicking points and you're in the game, you then receive a kickoff. What are you doing? You know, the All Blacks ain't doing that. And I get he's coming after the game and he's gone, I'd rather win the Australian way. That's what the Australian fans want than win with kick and chase and, and boring football. I mean, you're in a knockout quarterfinal. Have some empathy, have some understanding. And it, it's not just checker. Don't get me wrong. I've been a fly-off when I've not agreed with tactics that the coach wants us to employ. When you're on the field, if you're Curtly Beal, or if you're Will Genia, or if you're Christian Lele Afano, 
you, you've got to make these decisions on the hoof. You can't just say, yeah, we'll just run it, just run it, and then go afterwards, oh, yeah, shouldn't have done that, should we, lads? Coach's fault. It's game over. You're out of the World Cup. So there's a responsibility on Checker, but as a senior player, you've also got to say, listen, coach is wrong here, boys. We can kick it as well. And it was, I, I, you know, England were very good, but it was it played into our hands the way Australia played. Obviously, Tom Curry was outstanding. Underhill as well. You know, Owen Farrell dictated possession and, and territory with his kicking game. Uh, Carl Sinclair was outstanding. Um, and, you know, it what, was... What, what did you say? Carl Sinclair was outstanding. Okay. I tweeted about it and I, and I added him. I didn't know whether that was play on or not to at people, but I did. You know, I will be honest and if there's praise to be given, I'll give it. And if there's an honest chat and an honest call to make when someone needs to be told or you need to say something negative about it, I'll say it as well. So, uh, yeah, Carl Sinclair was very good. I thought England were very dominant, but they were helped a bit by Australia. And actually, talking about the game, Jerome Gar says, what a game he had for England as well. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> what a game he had for England. Uh, and, you know, it was a free-for-all, wasn't it? But England got the rub of the green with him. So, um, Are you low on friends and you're just going back and saying nice things about all the people that you've said bad things about? Oh, I can't say, I'm telling you now he's low on friends. <laughs> I'm, tell- I'm telling you now. Referees, check, don't like him. Like Barnsley does, Wayne Barnes does. Does he? I've been fighting his corner today. Mate, you have. Mate. How has Jerome Garcia's got the semi-final? I reckon Barnsley might get the final. It doesn't matter though. Through. It matters. It does not matter. Wayne Barnes is assistant referee. Very true. Hey, I thought England were very good. Goody was worried. England haven't been tested, as we know. They obviously picked Farrell. I don't know, was that announced before we did the podcast last week? No, it wasn't, no. So we, we were discussing it, obviously. You know, everyone expected Ford to play at 10, didn't they? Yeah, so everyone expected Ford. Because he's been playing well. Yeah, but Eddie Jones, actually, when it matters... And we've spoke about Eddie Jones on here, giving it the yeehaw, not knowing, bit of a joker. But in terms of rugby terms, stroke of genius potentially. You know, going for Curry and Underhill in the back row, both together, two young lads who have been absolutely phenomenal. We spoke about them last week in terms of tackle technique and, you know, if you're a young lad, you know, especially in the kind of back row or anywhere on the pitch and you want to know how to tackle and tackle effectively, watch them to go about it. So from that point of view, I don't know. Like England will give the All Blacks a proper game at the weekend. But same as Goody, Australia, first 20 minutes looked good. Pattaya? Hell of a player. How good was he? 19 years old. 19 years old. And he played like that. Phenomenal. Hey, it was doing the rounds on the old WhatsApp. The supposed checker halftime team talk. It's not him. It's not him. No. Hilarious though, eh? Well, Michael Checker did resign as Australia head coach after the game, so let's hear what he actually thought uh, in his final match in charge when he spoke on Rugby Pass. Yeah, I'm feeling very disappointed, obviously. I imagine all Australians would be. We really went into the game looking to play our style of footy, which I did. we did a lot of. Just not clinical enough to finish off opportunities, and they defended very well. Listen, that's the way we play footy. I'm not going to go to a kick-and-defend game. Maybe call me naive, but that's not what I'm going to do. Rather win our way than no way at all. That's the way Aussies want us to play. That's it. So how do you guys think Chica did as a Wallabies coach in general? And, and what do you think of Quay Cooper's tweet in particular, um, saying that he should have stood down a while ago? There's clearly been uh, an issue between Checker and, and, and Quay Cooper. I, yeah, I think he stuck the knife in pretty quickly. Yeah, um, so what did he say? He said if he actually cared about Australian rugby... He would have done it a while ago. Yeah. Oh God. And and that's clearly that you know there's there's a lot of spite in there. There's and you know who's to say that Quay Cooper can't say that? It's on Twitter. He's got an opinion. Mm. You know he's fallen out with a bloke. You know there's 
They don't like each other and this is his time to kind of stick the knife in and he's done it and, you know, it's not great for rugby. It's not great for, you know, people's sentiment when someone leaves their job that they've had for uh, five or so years. And uh, listen, Checker's been, it's been an interesting ride, hasn't it? Not always had things his way. He's always moaned about something in the press. But then you read tweets from Matt Gitto, Drew Mitchell, guys that have had unbelievable Wallaby careers. The amount of respect that they've got for Checker that's the true respect and that's the true Michael Checker. We're from the outside. We don't understand what Checker's like in camp. And you have players that will go to war for a coach and a coach that will go to war for a player. Um, and you have the opposite of that. And, you know, I, th- I think when you've got Drew Mitchell and Matt Gitto and Matt Tamur as well, uh, you know, speaking very highly of a coach, I think that is how you should judge him. And, um, you know, he's gone. He's, his time's up. And, you know, some people will say good riddance. Some people will say we'll miss him. Some people, he didn't do that job. As Drew Mitchell said last week, he didn't do that job because he needs the money. He's doing it because he loves the game. And obviously politically in Australia at the minute, sounds like he's had a fallout with the CEO, the way um, Australian rugby's going. There's the whole issue that they've had with Israel Folau that they've had to deal with. It's a bit of a poison chalice. They've, they've said that there's no money in the game in Australia. So it's a hard job. It sounds like they're going after Dave Rennie pretty hard as well. I was talking to Dave Rennie, talking to the All Blacks as well. What I didn't realise, I've got a mate who lives in Australia, Larry. Larry. Your mate Larry. Larry. Yeah, he's moved to Australia. And Larry. I said, Larry. Larry. And I said to him, how was it down there? And he said, mate, the rugby's not big in Australia anymore. No, it's not. And I was like, really? I couldn't believe it. So... I don't know, Dave. I mean, after the World Cup, that's when all the speculation comes up, comes about. You know, if England don't beat the All Blacks at the weekend, will Eddie Jones stay? Probably. I think he's. I think he's got a minimum requirement of because he signed his extension. Semi final was the minimum requirement yeah. to that they they carry on with his. I think he's another two years, isn't it? Uh, and there'll be a transition then of maybe they won't change. Maybe they'll give him another four years. Yeah. To be had fair, we, had yeah. we lost on Saturday, then there was chat of him going. The thing is with Checker. Everything that I see, I actually quite like. I like mm. his character. I like probably similar to Eddie Jones in a way in terms of takes the pressure off his players. And then you read the tweets and stuff like that off players at Bar, Quade Cooper and, and a couple of others that clearly, like Goody said, love him. But then you look at Larkham just before the World Cup, like an absolute legend in Australia. There's a fallout with them. and I don't know whether specifically with them two, but it, I imagine it's them two as, as he's left and uh, goes back to Munster. And then there's talk of him coming back. I don't know. I can't think of many... I mean, Jamie Joseph, will he stay with with Japan? I mean, there was talk of him with the All Blacks. Who knows? Joe Schmidt, he's also been linked to it. And he actually spoke on Rugby Pass as well after his side's defeat to the All Blacks. Here's what he had to say about the game. Yeah, it's a tough question, obviously. We'd, we'd love to have gotten the top four, you know, because there's a number of things this group of players have achieved. And, and that's the one thing that, that, that remains uh, and, and continues to remain elusive. So we're incredibly disappointed. I think uh, your heartbroken wouldn't be too far away from how I feel and and how the players feel right now because uh, right after the November series when we played the All Blacks last last year we decided that we really wanted to make sure that this this was our target and maybe it maybe it consumed us a little bit too much and and uh, we got distracted from you know our, our normal game to game focus. So how do you guys reflect on Joe Smith's tenure after? ending in such a um, bad way for Ireland. Bit of a shame, really. Not just the game, and they got absolutely hammered by New Zealand, as we saw. And New Zealand looked unbeatable. I just think the past few weeks, and I've been one of them, I've been adding fuel to the fire, haven't I? And I get that. But you can't get away with what he's actually done in Ireland, and Rory Best as well. And it was sad to see him 
obviously play his last game of rugby ever and to kind of go out that way there was no way even Ireland at their very best I don't think they would have beat the All Blacks at the weekend no. to be honest in terms of how well they played I don't think anyone would at the no weekend. I don't think so either it's tough isn't it because not very many players or coaches get that moment where they finish having won a World Cup so how was it going to end for for Joe Smith it was always going to end in a similar kind of way wasn't it unless Ireland won the World Cup which was clearly their goal a year ago but it wasn't, you know, it was unattainable really. And we spoke about it in the lead up and I'm sorry if I was out of order to Ireland, but I was right. Unfortunately, I was right. For the first time. <laughs> For the first time ever. Um, oh, I also thought that France were going to beat Wales, which... Didn't happen. Why have they put seven in the scrum? Anyway. Um, yeah, I, I think the thing with Joe Schmidt is you've got to, you, you can't look at that last game as a product of his whole tenure. They've won Grand Slams. You know, they've beaten the All Blacks twice. Ireland have never done that before. Irish rugby as a whole, and, and I'm not only talking about when Joe Schmidt was head coach of Ireland, when he was at Leinster as well. All the work, the good work that he's done from being Leinster head coach, they're moving up to Ireland to be their head coach. You can only look back on his tenure as a huge success and he's moved Irish rugby forward massively. The upsetting thing for him and, and the Irish boys is it's same old, same old at a World Cup, quarterfinals, gone. Yeah, you wish Joe Schmidt and his family all the best because there are obviously bigger things to, to think about for Joe um, going back to New Zealand and um, he's been a huge success for Ireland. It'd be great to see him coach Australia though. Like if, there, if there is a, you know, you don't want to lose someone to the game who has added so much, especially over here. So same as Goody, wish him well. He's been an absolute servant to the game and uh, likes cats. So will he take, how do you get your cats home anyway? To fly them. Passport. Tim, yeah. you blow my mind. Do you need a passport for cats? Someone told me at the weekend, actually. So I was hosting for Guinness at Flatland Square. And someone said, we did the Ireland-New Zealand games. And someone said, Joe Smith's got six cats out in Japan with him. Smart. He's going to go straight home from Japan, isn't he? <laughs> One flight. Right, well, let's have a chat to a man who had a foot in both camps during Ireland's loss to New Zealand. Former Māori All Black, very nearly test All Black, current Leinster winger and future Irish international James Lowe joins us. <laughs> How are you, mate? Howdy, mate. How's it going? That is a big introduction, isn't it? Mate, there's a lot to get yeah. through. There's a lot of detail. Was it's that all correct? Twister. Was that all correct, James? Yeah, you forgot my club team, but uh, we'll let you off there. Go on, what's the club team? Uh, the te- the mighty Tasman Marco. Yeah, never, oh, no, 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 never heard of them. this weekend. Yeah, never heard of them, mate. I'm joking. Come on. like They're the number one. They're the first team in a, in a good 10 years to go through the NPC unbeaten. Um, and we're going to do it do their job this weekend against Wellington mate no word of a lie one of my best mates Timmy Taylor played for Tasman uh, when I was in Christchurch mate fins up yes yeah yeah fins up fins up oh, I get it yeah um, but talking about your roots um, obviously James and we had you on a live show over in Dublin which was class a few weeks ago so when you're watching the game at the weekend and I've heard your answer actually a couple of times on this but for the millions it would be great for them to kind of see where your allegiances now lie so who were you supporting um, well, unfortunately, I had to go to a bar. I had a family over, so we had to go into a uh, a nice, quiet Irish pub um, until New Zealand scored their first try about seven, eight minutes in. And he was going mental, uh, pretty much my brother-in-law. I had to tell him to be quiet, obviously, because uh, I'm an Irishman through and through, and uh, <laughs> I always will be. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very wise. Very well. Have you spoken to any of the boys since the game? I know you could make some of the Leinster boys. No, um, unfortunately not. You know, it's a bit of a bit of a mourning process at the moment. You know, the boys, like we saw from, I guess, the outside, how hard that they trained, uh, how much time and effort that they all put in and yeah you know to go out with without pretty much firing a shot I'm sure that a lot of them will be gutted um I mean they had chances too but through their own 
through their own errors, um, the All Blacks punish them, you know. So it is a real shame, obviously, with uh, Rory Best and, and uh, Coach Joe uh, retiring now. But, um, you know, the sun came up and... You know, we're still here. And obviously, when you look back at the the game, or when you're watching it live, and you and you're in the pub, and you obviously know guys on on, on in both teams. You know, I'm sure yeah. you grew up with a few of the All Blacks, and obviously playing with a few of the guys at Leinster. The All Blacks, from my point of view or our point of view here, they they looked unbeatable. That's the best we've seen them play. So yeah. when you're close to the game, could you see how? Ireland were going to beat them after you know 15 minutes um no unfortunately not like um to beat New Zealand there's a few things that you you know you have to do do right and the first thing is to be absolutely silent during the hucker um <laughs> the you know the second thing is to make sure you do the basics well third thing is to go into half time within within one score and um you know all those things didn't quite happen I mean that's simplifying it as easy as you can but unfortunately, right from the get-go, um, New Zealand had, had done their homework. They knew that you know Ireland were gonna gonna swing off that um, off that scrum, and you know George Bridges down the left left hand side, and then uh, Aaron Smith goes over. Quite lucky that he did score because I think Stockdale probably would have got sent off there um, if the All Blacks didn't score. And you know from there it's it's catch up footy and uh, it's a tough thing to do. And then looking forward to this weekend's game, uh, obviously against England. Uh, yeah. what, what chances do you give us? arrogant English to play against the arrogant Kiwis <laughs> yeah oh it's a uh, you know it's it's very very exciting mate what's up with Eddie Jones oh man, oh, man no we, idea are we going to talk about this yeah just <laughs> deflecting I mean you, have you got a keyboard you're a fan as well are you <laughs> <laughs> look, oh yeah! Look, this weekend it's going to be uh, it's going to be an awesome game. To me, this is the final of the World Cup. You know, it's the two two best performing teams so far, and it's going to be an absolute belter. I think both teams are you know they'll be looking at footage. They'll they'll have a game plan, and but I just don't see a team stopping New Zealand at the moment in the form that they're in. Um, from one to fifteen, the skill set is ridiculous the game plan paid off you know against Ireland they'll have a completely different one for for England but um you know England also were very very dominant against Australia so I just think at the moment New Zealand are probably just in front uh it'll be a one it'll be a one score game but I just think New Zealand at the moment uh are almost unstoppable. Yeah, I think you might be right. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about you, James. I know you had um, issues with your shoulder in pre-season and, and you're obviously back up and running yeah. now, but there's been a little bit of talk in the lead-up about your you qualifying for Ireland under the three-year residency rule. You actually might be one of the, the last players to actually qualify yeah. under that three-year ruling, but there, yep. was, there was a bit of talk in the lead-up to the World Cup, and again, we've spoken about it at the live show with Dev Tony, your uh, teammate, and uh, obviously Klein going as well. From your perspective, just g- give us a little bit on the, the talk of this residency rule and how you see it as a guy who's going to potentially play under under that law. Yeah. Oh, it's a you know it's a touchy subject as it as it always is. Obviously, I wasn't I wasn't born in Ireland. Uh, I didn't grow up here. I've spent two years at the moment, and after three, you know, I'm I'm considered Irish. And you know, I knew that when I came over that this year one day would be a be the hot topic. And obviously, with Dev not going to the World Cup, uh, Klein, I think only played a game or started one game in there. Um, you know, Dev misses out. Obviously, after three years, I'm. You know, there's a there's a big chance that I I will be able to to wear it uh, if that time comes. Um, I'm running around in circles because I don't want to say anything wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like it's gonna be 
some people aren't going to like it, but you know, everyone got around Bundy when he got recarded. You know, they forgot that he, you know, wasn't born in Ireland. Um, CJ Stander added so much to Munster and Ireland. You know, there's all these boys that you complain about it in the first three months, then, then after a while, that you know, it's water under the bridge. We're well, just talking about um, your experiences and then shoulder surgery that you had over the summer uh, yeah. first and foremost congratulations on having shoulder surgery during pre-season so you miss a fair chunk of that very wise man uh, but Thank secondly um, is it right that if it wasn't for a previous shoulder surgery you'd have been picked for the All Blacks to play against Samara a few years ago yeah so that was I think it must have been 2015 you know it was the end of, just at the end of Super Rugby season there were whispers that I was going to have to have to get the shoulder surgery at the end of the season and you know we there was a one-off test match New Zealand against Samoa over there Super Rugby final was on the same weekend I think it was or the weekend before so uh, it was the Hurricanes and Highlanders both had all black starting wingers in it um, and then I had a meeting with Ian Foster leading up to that he told me that unfortunately I'd missed out on on selection for the upcoming test matches the June test series but you know if you weren't having shoulder surgery coming up then you would have been starting against Samoa this weekend and that's literally how close it would have been and he literally like I was you know chomping at the bit to come on mate like just let me have this one <laughs> let me just get this uh get this one cap but he was he was pretty firm in his uh decision he's like you don't want to go into a to a test match half cocked especially your first one so I understood that and you know I thought I'd one day I'd still still become an all black and didn't didn't come about but you know now I'm over here and loving life there's a million euros reasons why that was a great decision wasn't it Jeepers, oh, I love coming and talking to you fellas. <laughs> <laughs> hey mate, don't worry, Goody's all, hey, I'm all about the rugby mate, all about the love, Goody's yeah. about the money. Um, yeah. Talking about the money, um, you're obviously earning your keep now in the shadows of the World Cup, so just mm. talk us a little bit about how that, you know, how the Pro 14, just yeah. talk us how, how the build-up to that's been in the shadows of the World Cup. Oh mate, it's, um... <laughs> To me, it shouldn't shouldn't really started just yet. You know, it should <laughs> probably should have waited until the World Cup finish. It's a weird one, um, but you know, we've had we've had three games so far. We're coming up to our fourth this weekend, and yeah, I guess Leinster has played like we've we're pretty happy with how we gone. But you know, we've got a block of thirteen games. I think coming up in a row. You know, it's a scary thought thinking about it like that. But we've got such a big squad that. There will be a lot of rotation. A lot of academy boys will be getting their chance. And then, obviously, with 15 Irish internationals, who I think they, they just arrived back in Dublin, you know. So um, it'll be interesting to see, actually, where a lot of their boy, the boys' headspaces are at. Obviously, like I said, you got to have that morning process, but you also got to, you know, shut up and move on. So, yeah, we're, we're tracking well. We're happy. I was happy I missed out on preseason. And, yeah, I'm raring to go. Well, James, you're a proud Māori boy and uh, listening, watching the haka. Uh, against Ireland in the weekend, what what did you make of the crowd singing over it? Were you yeah? You think it was a, a nice touch, or do you think it was disrespectful? Yeah, no, I would, like there's no disrespect in that, you know, and there's no there's no harm intended, and you know, it's completely the fans who who did that, and you know, there's nothing there's nothing there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, New Zealand as a Kiwi, you don't see that as being disrespectful by any means, but you know, every team every crowd that has like in a way you know been loud or boisterous or singing during it the same fate has happened to pretty much every single team you know so yeah there's no disrespect in that by any means i'll tell you what though the all blacks got i love a shot this weekend because they got swing low sweet chariot coming out and mate jesus <laughs> christ <laughs> mate, we'll, uh, be winning. we'll be winning all right james yeah. thanks very all much right. for coming on mate and, and best of luck for the rest of the season bloody awesome lads thank you very much cheers, cheers for buddy. coming on mate thanks cheers thanks
Good lad. Top lad. He is a good lad. He is. Legs ah. like thunder. I mean, is that how, the right word? How big are his legs? Well, legs like tree trunks. Like tree trunks, not You're thunder. You're thinking like thunder thighs. Thunder thighs. That's where that's it. This is where these things come from. You There's just something get, there. Well, you just get confused. Get confused, get muddled yeah. up in the analogies. Um, yeah, thunder thighs. That's how, why. How clever is he, though? Get your shoulders done over preseason, the longest preseason ever. Yeah. Miss a whole chunk of preseason. Very good, though. Very wise. So, hell of a player. Yeah, hell of a player. And again, it is a touchy subject, the residency. We don't want to labour the point. But in terms of quality, he will be an island player very, very soon. A very good one as well. Yeah, yeah of course he'd be very good as well. Interesting, actually. Love his hair. So we were over in Dublin, weren't we, doing a gig with him? Mm. Long hair. Leggings. Yeah. Jeggings. Do you reckon his upstairs matches his downstairs? Like he's got out of the bush. Mm. Before we chat about the rest of the quarterfinals, don't forget you can get your hands on a Telegraph sports subscription with a month free to start off with. If you head to telegraph.co.uk forward slash the rugby pod, you'll get quality analysis and insight on the World Cup in Japan and all the other rugby from the likes of Sir Ian McGeekin, Danny Cipriani, Will Greenwood and more. There's nothing to lose for rugby pod listeners with a month free and then the next three months at half price at just 50p a week. You'll get unlimited access to all their sports coverage, insight and analysis. So make sure you're in the know with the rugby pod and the telegraph just head to telegraph.co.uk forward slash the rugby pod to get your 30 day free trial and three months half price well, i think it's worth it for eddie jones analysis alone this week with jim france we we're pretty close to pulling off the upset that you were talking about what'd you make of it i don't think it would have been an upset that's what i said i had them as my wild card a few people thought i was a joker they you, do think you, i'm you a joker are. You i are. am a joker um france should have won i mean what are you thinking I mean, yeah, let, let, let's talk about it because yeah, about because it. I put a tweet out a day after because I wanted to have a look at the interaction around it, see what people were thinking. Not one person thought it wasn't a red card. It is one of the clearest red cards you will ever see. And three, five, a hundred years ago, you get away with that. <laughs> three, three, five, a hundred years ago. You get away with that. Three, now, three, three, now, three years ago, you ain't getting I don't, away with I don't know. Five years ago, you ain't getting away with that. So I, I, I think we can all say... We have no idea what he was doing. Wainwright wasn't affecting them all whatsoever. He was nowhere near the ball. So Farhad Mahina's obviously lost his shit and he's put him in headlock and then banged him an elbow. There's no question mark whatsoever about the red card. What are you doing? Like you're all asking, everyone's asking that. You know, your team are so far on top, it's not even funny. Like France looked more than like so much better, much more comfortable. Potentially, you could argue the game was nearly won if they scored another try. They didn't. He gets red carded. Then the pressure is on. And then there's all the talk, isn't there, about four minutes left in in the game. France is still winning. There's a scrum on France's own try line. They've put seven forwards in the scrum. Why have you put seven in the scrum? So <laughs> French. C'est très bizarre. C'est pourquoi. C'est je ne sais pas, mon ami. C'est très fatigué encore, Jim. What Jim, I'm trying Jim's to say, what I'm trying to say is, the red card clearly had an effect on the team because France were out on their feet. My point is, they could, they still could have won the game, yeah, if they would have put eight in the scrum and cleared their lines and got to halfway. But it shows you the resilience of this Welsh team. You talking about that scrum though, Jim? Imagine if Jacques Brunel had picked my mate Matthew Bastereau. He's made to be at number eight. He's playing there for Leon at the minute. You should have picked Matthew Bastereau in the squad. Oh, he's trying to Bought find more friends. <laughs> what the Bought him off the bench and then in you go, Bastereau. Right him. Right. Is he in you go, is, he, is, he, is he playing at Leon now? He's playing at number eight for Leon. Yeah. How big? I mean, you, you ain't losing that scrum with him in it, are you? You ain't. So they should have done that. But look, again, you've got to credit Wales. Like we haven't spoken about them or I haven't spoken about them as real contenders. Beat Australia. Struggled in the second half. And apart from that, I haven't really seen anything for Wales where I'm like, yeah, these guys can win the World Cup. Struggled against Fiji. Put a second team out against Uruguay and struggled 
And then, I mean, like Warren Gatlin said, the best team lost. I mean, I can't see how Wales can go any further, but who knows? Yeah, can you see them beating South Africa? I can see them beating South Africa. They've beaten South Africa the last four times I've played them. How good is that? They haven't lost to South Africa since the quarterfinals of the 2015 World Cup. But you're not looking at the Welsh team going, geez, they could score 30, 40 points and cut you to ribbons. They should have that ability because they've got star quality players. But it's more about their toughness to beat, their pressure game, their kicking game, their gnarly in the forward pack. You know, Alan Wynne-Jones is a real leader for them. And, you know, you've got Moriarty scoring the winner. Obviously, Navidi's out injured now. Moriarty will start. And people are actually complaining that the, the rip went forward. But is it's not clear and obvious. Because he said it's a, my on-field decision is try. Try. And they're the permutations that probably people don't, or fans and people who listen and watch it don't. I mean, really if, it was, if it was Ben Skeen, Ben Skeen saying that's gone backwards by <laughs> seventeen yards. Well, I that's mean, what I mean. If the question, if if the the statement by him was different, yeah, then it wouldn't have been a try. So if he was said, my on-field decision is, I don't think it's a try. I think it's gone forward, and and they looked at that and they couldn't work it out. It wouldn't not have been a try. Yeah. So it's he's gone with his gut feeling on the field, and um, has to be clear and obvious to overrule it, and. Does, they didn't think it was clear and obvious that it went forward. C'est pas on Paul Lafrance. I, I actually think, just going back to Varmahina, I actually think he's got some Welsh in him. He threw the loopy long ball to mm. George North in the 71st or 72nd minute in the Six Nations. George North intercepts it. France are 19-16 up, I think, at the time. George North goes the length, scores. They get the Grand Slam. You're comfortably winning against the uh, the Welsh boys. You elbow someone in the head. Get sent off and then retire. What do you, you make of that? Wales win, then you retire. Well, like he's, he's getting he's getting pelters everywhere. Well, I looked at his Instagram. This comes back to my tweet where, again, it's not all about raising the mental health awareness thing. But I'm looking at a lad who's a young man. He's 28 years old and he's made one of the most glaringly obvious mistakes on a rugby field on the biggest occasion of his career. And everyone's talking about that, the, the fact that the reason France have lost that game is because of his red card. And you can get why people are saying that, and, that, and we're, we're saying that here. The reason why France lost is because he's been red carded. And off the back of that, there's other decisions that were made on the field, the seven men in the scrum, not going for the drop goal, that contribute to the fact how France didn't close that game out. But what pisses me off is this trial by social media, that everyone now has got an opinion, which is great. It's obvious that he, he's the reason France have gone out of the World Cup. I go on his Instagram to have a look, see how he is, see if he's posted anything. He's not posted a picture for a couple of weeks or whatever. And then the picture that he has posted, he's not got many followers on Instagram. It was like 18,000 or something like that. Then that picture was posted a couple of weeks ago, but he's got like 700 comments on there. Now you go through the comments and again, because I'm multilingual, I can understand and I can read. So I'm looking at these comments and I'm horrified with some of the stuff. And some of them I think have been taken down, but like you're not allowed back into France. Um, People said that to me, to be honest. (laughs) Of course, uh, you should be ashamed of yourself. You're a disgrace to your country, to your family. I was like, it's a game of rugby, mate. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yes, the guy's messed up, but I don't know where people get off thinking they can say what they want. But there you go. That's just my opinion. And I got a load of abuse on there as well. But hey. Uh, question to you then. Yeah. So Varmahina does that to you. Yeah. What's happening? I'd like to think now, this is me in hindsight. This is me being 36. I'm 37 soon. Um, that I would that I wouldn't react and that I wouldn't do that in the game now. But I'd look at some of the stuff I did. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, you pushed Etzebeth in the face and then shit yourself. But. <laughs> and got yellow carded. Do you know what I mean? Like I got red carded twice in my career. I gave away some of the most ridiculous penalties you've ever seen. I And I was a player that had a, a mist descending over me. 
some of it manufactured, some of it natural. Now, the thing that got me about Vaja Mahinas was it was just completely unneeded. And, you know, it just it didn't have any effect on what, you know, it wasn't as if Wainwright had come in at the side. It wasn't as if, you know, someone had done something horrible to him. Wainwright, my old Tash, is going for the ball. How good's his moustache? How good's he? Yeah, he's a good player. Yeah, yeah. He gets to try to get them back in the game a bit. Yeah. He's awesome. Yeah, really good. But look, anyway, I, I had France as a wild card. You, you also said Scotland would qualify for the quarterfinals. Yeah, but... I, I didn't really believe that. I just... Oh, oh what? The boys. Yeah, you yeah, I know my ruggers, you know, but you, there's also got to be an air of loyalty, Andrew. Yes. Josh Davidi's out of the World Cup now. Hammy. What do you guys make of that? He's been big for them. Yeah, yeah big guys. He he's been yeah. awesome. Navidi has been... I think with Tipperick, one of the first names on the team sheet. For we him. haven't even spoke about Tipperick. No, he's how un- quick. He's unbelievable. He's class. Um, so yeah, I, listen, it's going to be a huge loss for them. But Moriarty is a big, big player. He likes going around banging boys, and um, he's going to need to. You're going to need his physicality against Safka on uh, on Sunday. Just don't go high, Ross, mate. Why have they brought in Owen Lane? Is he more to Jonathan Davies injury? Maybe. Uh, I hope not. I love Jonathan Davis. I think he's awesome. Yeah. Um, and you want to see the top players yeah. playing on uh, the world stage and the biggest stage at the minute is the semi-final. So, yeah, listen, he, he may be injured. Um, you know, obviously he pulled out the game uh, against the French in the quarterfinals. Owen Watkin came in and, and did really well. See his little tap on? Dupont choked that one. So Dupont's flying out the line to try and cut off a play. And Owen Watkin sees him come in, just flicks the ball on with one hand. Dupont just pulls out before um, he wants to spook him as opposed to going through and making the tackle. But yeah, Watkin did well. Um, listen, Jonathan Davis is world class. So they'll do everything to get him fit. But ultimately, with his niggle, um, with them being sort of thin on the uh, on the ground in backs, then you know that's why they've gone for a back in, you know, in lane for the call-up. And it was one step too far for Japan as they went down 26-3 to South Africa. What did you guys make of that one? It'll be a shame not to see their rugby getting played anymore. Yeah, look, Japan have been class... Uh, outstanding we, we've spoken about them um, in very high regard um, but it, again as we spoke about last week probably one step too far well not probably it was one step too far South Africa uh, you know up until half time it looked tough you know Japan do what they do in attack did what they did but you could see they weren't quite where they were against Scotland they were just a little bit off and a lot of that had to do with South Africa as well how physical they are in defence how big the players are yeah I think that's the thing so the first half was very similar in terms of possession stats to the Scotland game but South Africans were hitting harder they're more physical um, wore them down and then second half and Razi Erasmus said it actually didn't they they were nervous at half time it was a nervous conversation but they came out and blitzed them and you know listen Japan have again been the story of the World Cup so far doing what they've done it's no fluke how they've achieved it how they've played the game has been a pleasure for everyone to watch. And it is, of course, it's a shame they've gone out. But, um, you know, South Africa have been physical. You know, they haven't really had too much of a test since the All Blacks game. So they've been primed, whereas Japan have been having to go full noise uh, every game since. So they've been amazing, haven't they? Yeah. What do you guys make of the decision not to red card the beast? It's correct, correct decision for me. He's seen that Inagaki's landed on his arm shoulder first, then his head. And it's the first point of contact. And, um, you know, there can be an argument each way, but it is what it is. Well, as well as the World Cup this autumn, there's also a brand new format of rugby being launched that's been developed with the help of the Olympic gold medal winning sevens coach, Ben Ryan. It's called Rugby X. Are you guys looking forward to this or what? Yeah, it's now upon us. I actually saw some clips on social media of, I don't know whether it was a trial game being played. I think it was the England boys, wasn't it? Well, I, I don't know. I saw this switch coming a mile away and there was about 20 metres of space. Dan Norton. Um, was that him? Yeah, it was Dan Running Norton. Running 100 miles an hour. I'm like, no, thank you. Yeah. But, hey, look, there's been a lot of build up towards it and we're obviously talking about it. It's on the TV before 
the World Cup games, Delalio's back in it, you know, Ben Ryan's back in it. And I am looking forward to it. What I don't like about it is there's no line outs. <laughs> well, it's designed to be full speed, full contact and played indoors. So Jim and I would have been absolutely shit at that. Well, it launches inside the O2 Arena on Tuesday, 29th of October with afternoon sessions, which are perfect for the family and evening sessions as well. Tickets start from 10 quid for kids and 20 quid for adults and are available at rugbyx.com. We've got a Guinness Match Pipe predictor game going on during the World Cup as well. Uh, so let's get a quick view on who's going to win the semi-finals, lads, and by how much. Oh, just on the back of last week. Oh, um, here we go. I basically topped the Guinness Legends League, didn't I? But in the game overall, there's 33,000 pints that have been won. Wow. 33,000 pints of Guinness have been won. So there's a lot of Guinness, That's a lot fair. of free Guinness been floating around. How good's a Guinness and Black Crown? Add one at Wasps at the weekend. So nice. Well, South Africa, who's winning it? South Africa. By how much, Jim? Oh, this is where I'm going with my art and my head and privy. I'll go to that word to Tim's notes. I'm going to say South Africa by by eight. I'm going to go South Africa by ten. England, New Zealand. Oh, Hard one to call. Uh, do, do you want a straight answer or do you just want this? Want what I think? I'll Tell go. me what you think. I would love England to win. He's I English. Really Jim Hamilton, who's played no, for England just, in the 20s. Uh, you know, the guys had their time in 2003. It's time for... The new age. You know what I mean? It's time to inspire the next generation of kids. In saying that, I can't see New Zealand lo- losing. They might, and it might happen, but I'm saying it's going to be close. New Zealand by six. I'd be gobsmacked if they lost. But if there's any team that can beat them, my England can. My England. I'm really nervous it. now that you're backing yeah. your Remember, he gets everything wrong. Exactly. It's so that very Now, my obviously, from my point of view, desperately want England to win. As Jim said, I'm a fat, bold... Arrogant. arrogant Englishman um, but you can't, you can't say fat anymore you're, sorry you're morbidly obese <laughs> bold arrogant um, yeah I, uh, if New Zealand are anything like they played against Ireland and they won't have that dominance throughout the whole game that they did against Ireland but I couldn't see any way of any team beating them last week uh, so I'm going to go New Zealand again by 10 really yeah. that's a big call yeah it hurts you're, me you're to, a big man it hurts so me to say it New wow. Zealand by 10 they were that good last week weren't they what do you guys make of the refereeing decisions? The, not the decisions, the appointments. A joke. Ours Wayne Barnes, an assistant referee for the Wales Africa final, semi-final, when Jerome Garces is the referee. And no, 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 and no, 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 no. Garces has done all right this World Cup, though, isn't he? Are you joking? <laughs> World Rugby have come out and said we consider these two to be the best referees at the, at the current moment. Wayne Barnes is the best referee in the world. How did you um, view the Yako Piper decision not to even have him in the, in the reckoning after the uh, photo incident? When I saw the photo come out, my initial reaction was that <laughs> <laughs> I was laughing. And unfortunately for him and us and a lot of other people who are believers, um, you can't do that stuff now. As unoffensive as I found it and as funny as I found it, in this day and age, trial by social media, say what you want. You just can't do anything these days. Yeah, I mean, it's not the it wasn't the wisest thing to do. And he's probably just got some Welsh boys are probably just going to have a photo. They're going, oh, stick the elbow out, and he's just taking it slap like that. Didn't think anything mm-hmm. of it. It's been blown up into a massive thing. The easy thing for World Rugby to do is just take him out of this weekend's games. You know, it's a red card. It's not even a question whether it's a red card or not. He's just made a, a, a slight error, and hopefully they can drop it now that they've, they've not included him in the the teams for this weekend's semi-finals. 
Well, let's hope that the referees don't have any impact on uh, on our Match Pint predictions. Uh, if you want to play against Jim and Goody, visit matchpint.co.uk forward slash app or wherever you get your apps from. And you can join the Rugby Pod League using the code RugbyPod to play against us and win free pints of Guinness and lots of other cool prizes as well. Speaking of the semi-finals, we can have a quick chat now with a New Zealand journalist who was at Eddie Jones' press conference today where he called the Kiwi media fans with keyboards. Elliot Smith joins us now. How are you, mate? And... Uh, what did uh, Eddie have to say? Yeah, very well, guys. Look, it's been an extraordinary day in Tokyo. Eddie Jones has uh, just absolutely gone off. He started off by talking about how the All Blacks were under considerable pressure. The All Blacks uh, medical, uh, sorry, mental skills coach, Gilbert Anoka, with the busiest bloke in Tokyo as he tries to nurse them through the week uh, with the pressure of the three-peat on them. Then he brought up the spying uh, allegations, which he's uh, canvassed uh, over the course of of the day, suggesting someone was filming from the apartment block over from where uh, his side was training uh, this morning. And then he just finished it off by calling uh, the New Zealand rugby media fans with keyboards. So a pretty quiet media conference from our perspective. So l- let's get to the bottom of it. Who's been hanging out the window in Japan filming the England training session? Is is this true or not? I know, th- I think it was the Aussies that got accused of it last time for filming you boys. But I mean, what's happened this time round? Yeah, I'm taking this with a, a massive um, grain of salt, to be to be honest with you. It's a massive apartment building overlooking where Japan, uh, sorry, where England is training uh, this week here in Tokyo, out in Tokyo Bay. Whether Eddie Jones spotted someone up there, I, I don't really know. It's plausible that he might have. He suggested maybe it was a Japanese fan. It was a Japanese public holiday here, so maybe a Japan fan's uh, seen uh, the England rugby team out training and they've, they've jumped, uh, you know, chucked up their iPhone or a camcorder or whatever it might be. I, I can't see it being uh, anyone to do with the All Blacks, and I'm really not sure it actually entirely happened at all, and it's not an invention inside Eddie Jones's head. But what it has done is provided a bit of a narrative and a bit of a storyline uh, around spying and taken some of the questions away, away from what Eddie might do with his team this week. So, uh, obviously, one of the things Eddie did say was that you're all fans with keyboards. Have you have you guys taken offence to it? Not or? really. I, yeah, I'm a fan, and I've got a keyboard. You got no fans? No, not at all. <laughs> Look, you can't you can't take offence from that. But obviously, with, with what Eddie's doing, and he's a master of this over the years, he's taking the pressure off his team because uh, and and deflecting it away from actual questions on the England team, isn't he? Is that the way you guys have seen it? Yeah, absolutely. Look, it was about eighteen or nineteen minutes worth of media, and uh, Eddie, I don't know um, that he answered too much on the game itself or, or any of the matchups uh, that you might expect or any of the usual questions. Uh, right from the get-go, it was all about the All Blacks being put under pressure. Then the, the spying uh, moment was uh, was dropped in there from him. Uh, we had uh, talk about the, the new emperor that's being um, uh, uh, put into place in Japan today. Um, I think the only rugby-related questions were directed at John Mitchell and Owen Farrell, who were comparatively pretty dull no yeah i don't think that was a coincidence either flanking with him with two relatively uh dare i say dull sort of speakers and then you had eddie jones in the middle just answering the questions barreling up and and trying to take it over the uh the advantage line every time it was always going to be directed at his way so yeah that that was very much a diversion tactic from eddie jones uh this afternoon i have to say and when eddie jones asked everyone in the press conference uh put your hand up if you think england can beat new zealand uh what no hands went up did they 
No, they didn't. Everyone was looking around to see who was going to put their hands up, and no one thought about putting their own hands up. So my, my that big issue the English media. Yeah, my big issue with that was Owen Farrell sat there. He doesn't even believe it at the minute. He didn't. Put, he didn't put his hand up <laughs> yeah. either. No, no, he didn't. Neither did um, did John Mitchell from memory, or the um, the England media manager that was sitting with him on the table. So I mean, that's fairly damning for Eddie Jones, isn't it? <laughs> Mate, definitely. But look, you know, let's let's not get a away from how big this game's going to be and one of the other comments that was made that everyone in Japan is going to be back in the All Blacks no matter where the All Blacks go naturally there's a huge following so you're on the ground there what is the feeling like does it feel like England are properly up against it yeah absolutely look I've been here for five and a half weeks now in Japan right from the week before the Rugby World Cup and there's no doubt in my mind that Japan, if they were to have a second team, would be the All Blacks. Right from uh, pretty much the day I landed, you, you see plenty of the uh, the Brave Blossoms jerseys around the streets, but second only to that would be the All Blacks ones. And not only, um, you know, probably tourists that have come here, but certainly Japanese people. They love wearing All Blacks merchandise and, um, you know, caps and, and the shirts and everything. You go on the subway and there's uh, All Blacks ads running on the, the video screens uh, on the underground here in, in, in Tokyo. It is quite remarkable the All Blacks uh, way that they've managed to, dare I say, infiltrate Tokyo. And they've, they've built that up over the last couple of years because they've come and played games here and done a lot of tour, uh, you know, promotional activity and positioned themselves quite well ahead of the Rugby World Cup. And with uh, Japan now out, absolutely, they're going to be you know, everyone's second team here in, here in Japan. They're, they're a lot of people do know the All Blacks. They've got that sort of mystique about them. Uh, and Japan has truly adopted them. Smitty, tell us about the All Black injury update, mate. Yeah, look, uh, one worry for them today, Karen Reid uh, didn't train. Uh, it was suggested by uh, Sam Whitelock, I believe, uh, that he just didn't want to go out in the rain. But uh, it's suggested that he is actually good to go for this weekend. No real worries there. We, we saw him the other night, had quite a lot of strapping on his knee, but um, Steve Hansen was uh, quick to... Uh, say there's there's nothing to worry about uh, there, which, you know, if he were to be ruled out, would be a massive blow given the way that he has played uh, in this Rugby World Cup thus far, and especially in that quarterfinal on uh, Saturday night against Ireland, where he was massive, probably had his best game in, in 18 months, for my mind. But Steve Hansen said there's no issue. Apparently trained on the bike earlier, but just didn't train in front of the, uh, the prying eyes uh, of the media. So we didn't get to see him. So he uh, he's expected to play. The other one with them is uh, Matt Todd. He's uh, been ruled out of uh, this week's game now, remembering that either way, if the All Blacks make the final or if they lose, they will have a game next week, the uh, the dreaded bronze uh, medal playoff. He is uh, going to stick around, could be fit for uh, next week, but he's not going to play a part uh, in this weekend's game against uh, England. Uh, Suffered that injury on Saturday night, sort of limping around a bit that he will be ruled out with his shoulder. So uh, the question for the All Blacks now is whether they bring in um, Scott Barrett and uh, on the bench as their um, six cover, solely six, with they allow Patrick Tuipolotu uh, to cover lock as well. Um, forget the Eddie Jones show at the minute. As a Kiwi, you're looking at this England team, and are there any nerves at all about whether England can beat the All Blacks? Are there strengths in our game that you're generally worried about, or is it the classic arrogant Kiwi, as we call uh, Andy Rowe, that there's no chance the All Blacks are losing? <laughs> oh, there's every chance. You know, I, I give uh, England uh, plenty of chance of beating the All Blacks. The way that they managed themselves through this Rugby World Cup has been exceptional. Their defence was outstanding against Australia, and if they can turn in another effort like that, a Herculean effort, against the All Blacks, realising that the All Blacks' attack will be better than uh, whatever the Wallabies served up over the weekend, 
they are definitely a chance. Owen Farrell is a great game manager and, and his boot. Obviously, look, Richie Mwang is a great goal kicker, but Owen Farrell, just with his uh, goal kicking, can just keep that scoreboard pressure uh, going on throughout the game. And then you've got you know, uh, Curry and Underhill, who have been, uh, in my mind, probably the, uh, the flankers and the loose forwards of the tournament thus far and had another massive game over the weekend. Uh, that's not, men- you know, not even mentioning someone like uh, Atoji, uh, as well, who I think has been superb. So they do have real threats uh, across the park, and I think that is the uh, the worry for the All Blacks. Is this is no longer a, a you know a one dimensional sort of England team where the ball doesn't go past the ten. They've got attacking threats throughout the ground, uh, and that could put real pressure on the All Blacks on Saturday. So they're a definite chance of uh, of tipping them up and and advancing to the Rugby World Cup final. Okay, and you're thinking they're going to win it, and Hansen goes off into the sunset with three World Cup trophies and medals and all that malarkey. Who's taking over? Is it going to be from within with Foster or are they going to go for our friend of the Scott, show, Scotty Scott Robertson? Robertson. <laughs> oh, I would love it to be to be Scott Robertson. I mean, that would just um, absolutely shake up every media conference, the analogies, the, the chatter that he would bring to it, the, the weird sort of stuff that he does would be um, completely shake up the All Blacks. It would be so much fun, but I think it will be uh, Ian Foster. I think if they've gone out in the quarterfinals over the weekend, then it's a real contestable process, and maybe Scott Robertson's there, maybe Foster does have a crack, uh, and and perhaps a Jamie Joseph is in the mix as well, but ultimately it might have gone to Robertson, but I think getting through the quarterfinal, perhaps regardless of what happens this weekend, I think Ian Foster uh, will be the man appointed to the All Blacks job. From what I understand in the camp, very well respected, very well liked. Uh, it would be a smooth transition forward for the All Blacks, uh, for the next uh, four years, if they were to appoint him, uh, I, I think he is the uh, the dollar one favourite to take over the job. All right, Smitty. Hey, thanks very much for getting up in the early hours of the morning and, and having a chat with us from Japan, mate. No worries. Anytime. Cheers, mate. Thanks for coming on. Cheers. Good lad? Good lad. He is a good lad. He didn't even know who you were, did he? He knows exactly who I nah, am. No, mate, no. I taught him. Oh, God. Oh, my, what do you mean? You just taught him? How old is he? He, 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 taught was my, him he was my apprentice. What do you want to eat a can of cat food? Like, what do you mean you've taught him? <laughs> And Jim, you've got a couple more uh, Japanese proverbs to tell us. You want to tell us how, the name of this? Uh, you love telling us the name of this little segment, don't you? Yes. So if you are joining the pod now for the first time. Thank you. Hello. Hi. How you doing? For the World Cup. How you doing? One time only. One World Cup only. I am giving you an insight into the Japanese culture by letting you know some of their proverbs, also known in Kov as proverbs. And most of the other places around the world. Of course. But this is Jim's segment, known as Japan Through Jim's Eye, also known as Jim's Jap's Eye. So the first proverb I've got this week is, there are even bugs that eat not weed. What does that mean? What do you think it means, James? There are even bugs that eat not weeds. What's not weed? I don't even know what not weed is, but I imagine it's like seaweed. Um <laughs> Well, it wouldn't be like seaweed because then it'd be called seaweed, Jim, but there we go. There are even knots. There are even bugs that eat not weed. So even the smallest of things on this planet will eat things from the bottom of the ocean like seaweed. Well, just to let you know, not weed, and I'll give you another chance, not weed is not directly dangerous to people, but it can be incredibly damaging to the environment, both natural and man-made. Oh, okay. If you get it in your garden, Jim, you can't sell your house. And you're trying to sell a house right now, aren't you? So... Uh, in the Cotswold, if anyone wants one. Um, there are even <laughs> bugs that eat not weed. Some people will do something even though it will kill them. That's what I think. That's what I'm going with. Well, yeah, kind of. 
Oh, really? Well, there's no accounting for taste. So I get where you're going with it. Yeah. So basically, you know when you get dressed in the dark? Yeah. And you come in multicolored clothes and you look like an absolute clown? Yeah, yeah. That means you've got no taste. Okay. So there's no accounting for taste. So you'll even wear silly clothes or... You know, you've got bad taste. So. Let's, not, let's not talk about fashion. Um, anyway, the next one that I've got is Child of a Frog is a Frog. Child of a Frog is a Frog. Um, you are what you are. It is what it is. Well, luckily for Jim, this doesn't apply to him and JJ. What? Because the actual description and definition of it is like father, like son. So JJ's hard as folk and his dad is... Captain Spongefist, so, you know. Child of a frog is a frog. Yeah. How does that mean that? Like father, like son. Ah, oh, I get it. I mean, that was just too easy. Yeah. Anyway, that's Japan through Jim's eye. So if you're in Japan, okay, and you're still there, I know there's many Scottish people that have flown home, unfortunately. Did Scotland even go? Oh, they did. They came home with you. <laughs> they, hey, they did. They came home with Uruguay. Um, for the Irish fans that have, uh, that have hung about hoping, for the Welsh fans that are there just... And for the English fans that could be there till the end, you now know Japanese proverbs, also known as Jim's Japsai. Should we have a quick look at the uh, opening weekend of the Premiership before we get into a couple of social media oh, questions? Oh, let's, why not? No, let's move on. Gertie, what happened, mate? Well, Northampton. Oh, mate, the top four. Mate, the top four. I'm N- going to tell you that. Northampton went to Saracens and did them over. Just, this is what's happened. Wasps are top four, according to Gertie. That's all I'm saying. This is my prediction, James. We're one game in. I also said Saracens are top four, and they fucking lost Northampton at home. So Let's just we talk lost about a game. Wasps. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't good enough. Let's be honest. And well, I, clearly, I, um, <laughs> I mean, duh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm being honest. London Irish, fair play to them. They're, they've signed a load of rock stars, but hardly any of them played. Paddy Jackson played, but how did he play? Uh, his first kick at goal would have missed five sets of posts. Really? Yeah, it was. <laughs> Like I looked at it, I was like, fuck, I could do that. And uh, But then after that, he missed. I think he missed the first two, and he played pretty well, actually, to be fair to him. Um, they haven't got Naholo, they haven't got Coleman. He's got CO signed there as well, hasn't he? Yeah. Uh, they've got a few boys, but they're youngsters. Played really well. Wasps had strong team. Sopawana at 10. Fekitoa played at 13. Uh, Dan Robson at 9. Brad Shields at 6. Jack Willis was back. Jack Willis played really well. Our game management was poor. Zach Kibarigi scored a worldie of a finish in the corner. But yeah, I mean... I'll be honest, Wasps, we should have beaten, on paper, we should have beaten that London Irish team, but didn't play collectively very well, made a load of errors, and it's a hugely disappointing start to the season. And, Still made know, the top four? Of course I'm backing my team to make the top four. Um, I expect Saracens to, and they lost at home to Northampton as they well. They did. Just, you were there, weren't you, Jim? Yeah, I was there. I was doing commentary for BT oh, Sport. To put it on mute. Yeah, mainstream, on mute. mainstream, mainstream <laughs> media. Um, yeah, look, Saracens, again, had a very young team, a very young uh Back three, I know Lewington was playing, but Matt Gallagher at fullback. He's he good played, though, isn't he? Very good. Yeah. Rotty Sagan on the wing as well. Um, you know, young pack as well, apart from big Willie, little Willie Skelton, Zick, Jackson Ray. Zikwe played. Yeah, Zikwe played. Look, you know, it, it was a close game to be fair. Uh, Alex Good played 10. Captain the team, Brad Barrett pulled out. Lazowski so, played 13. Lazowski, I mean, he's pretty Nick much Tompkins. his first team. Mate, they, mate, I tell you what, all right. I, I'm not making excuses for Saracens at all because I am a neutral Northampton didn't even speak about them uh, being in the top four. They look very good. And this is one of the things you hear about these young lads coming through. So obviously Slight Home, his dad played uh, for England. Uh, Grayson at 10 as well. Kicked uh, the winner, didn't he? Mate, Furbank at 15. Some of the some of the players Northampton have got are very good. Yeah. 
Nyavoro, oh my word. Beast. Mate, he's put on more weight. He's sitting people down for fun. Um, he looked aggressive as well. Mate, he looked like he wanted it. Look, yeah. he, he was hungry. Tom Wood, hell of a beard. I don't, Bob, reckon, I don't reckon he was hungry. Bon Barb, who? Nyavoro is never hungry. Big unit. I mean, Northampton, it was basically how a very good attacking side like Northampton would deal with Saracens' defence. Saracens reverted back to what they were renowned for, kicking game and defence, and them two things weren't really where they needed to be. Taylor played well, didn't he? Henry Taylor, big shout out to him, played mm-hmm. nine. Uh, was at Saris before, didn't get much game time because he was injured, uh, played very well. Mate, I'm very impressed with Northampton. It, it could have went either way. It was a close game. Um, Sam Vesti picked his nose on the sidelines. Saw him, he put a bogey in my pocket for me to save for another day. Um, so, I love a bush still as well. Him. Yeah, I mean, what other ones have we got from Leicester? Oh, sweet Mary. Oh, Leicester. Mate, pre-season was going so well. It was all going so well. Yeah, but Worcester aren't missing money though, are they? Yeah, but still. Leicester, you, you throw back in George Ford, you throw back in Ben Youngs, Dan Cole, Johnny May. Manu. Manu, yeah. They're <laughs> yeah. going to be a different team. Exactly, you know, but... They'll be frustrated losing away to Worcester. Worcester are their bogey team. Talking yeah. of bogeys yeah. in your pocket from Sam Vesti. Worcester are Leicester's bogey team. Bath. Ah, bad. I mean, Stuart Hooper's first game in charge, away at Bristol. Bristol primed... They got a couple of World Cup boys back. Alapati Leo was playing. Piertau's fit. Bristol looked good. In the attack, they looked great. Oh, my bath. <laughs> Time for a bath. Get I just, it, get it, get I, it. I couldn't see what they're try- how they're trying to play, what they're trying to do. I think it's going to be a tough season for Bath. Very tough season. And they got boys to come back. You know, they got Watson, Cockner Singer, McConaughey to come back in. You know, but... Underhill. Yeah, Underhill's good. I don't know. I I think it's a massive risk giving Stuart Hooper that role. Uh, no experience. And I know you've got to start somewhere, but... It's like Nick Kennedy when he had the Irish job. Yeah. I, I'm not... Listen, I don't think there'll be relegation this year. I think they'll ring-fence it. Do you? I think they'll ring-fence it this year. Um, Newcastle Thank goodness for Wasps, eh? And they'll, <laughs> but what I'm saying is, you you know, you're now talking about this premiership is so tough to call this year, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Gloucester. So I had them down in the top four. Went to Sale. Tough place to go. Who you had that? You have to Sale down in the top four as well? did I keep sailing did I Who knows? or did I go with Exeter in the end can't remember what I said I changed week to week as we know um, yeah I mean Gloucester look very good to be fair they you know um, are definitely going to be top four in my opinion under Ackerman and then Quinn's nearly beat Exeter Sure, we have a look at some social media questions? Yep. Well, before we get into some new ones uh, any more positions that you can fill on the hell of a bush 15 Goody? Jim? No I'm mainstream media mate. I don't talk about stuff like that anymore we had an agreement that you pick the forwards, I'll pick the backs. Okay. Um, see how easily I'm convinced. <laughs> mm. It's crazy. I've not, I, don't, I don't think about this stuff in the yeah, lead-up. I know. I need, forwards. Um, Go into the archives. Leo Cullen. Yes. Very, it's white. Whitey gingery. White bush. Yeah. It's like a white bush. What? Yeah. It's like a like a white wolf. It's a white bush. Yeah, so Leo Cullen, yeah, he'd be in there with Martin Johnson. Just two great bushes combining. Two so. great players. Two great players. Two great blokes. Mm. Two great friends. Uh, I want to go with a winger. I think we need a winger in the team. Mm. Uh, a guy I played with uh, for England. Uh, a guy that had a very successful career at Wasps. And a guy that had a chest bush and a downstairs bush. All right. Any hints? Oh. I'm not sure whether you'd have played with him at Gloucester. Tom Voice. Yes, I did. Oh, my bush. Yeah, oh, my breath. <laughs> I mean, horrific breath, but then he had this, you know, like the middle... His breath isn't that bad, is it? <laughs> it is, is it yeah. horrific? Yeah. <laughs> the, the chest, like in the middle of his chest, he just had this rat that was growing on his chest oh. and it was like thick black hair, just a, a circular blob in the middle of his an chest. An otter. It was an otter. Yeah. And then you go downstairs. Oh, where's it an otter's pocket? And he had such a bush as well downstairs. So oh. um, my selection for 
hell of a bush 15 on the wing is Tom Boyce. Uh, quite a few people are, are still asking if you've had any offers to come out of retirement, Jim. Zero. No? Okay. <laughs> That's why I've been training. Like I'm, I'm up to about 118. I'm about 119, 120, I think now. Kilos. KGs, yeah. Well, you, I mean, you still can't catch. You still can't tackle. You can maul, but that's going out of the game. And who's going to give you an offer? Well, we'll I'll tell you what we will do this year. What? And this is a promise. A couple of years ago, London Cornish. Ends, yeah. Oh. London Cornish raised 20-odd grand for Matt Hampson. And every live show, there's someone there going, when are you going to play the game? Because we promised to play a game uh, for them. And my knees have been that fucked. I've had six operations. This year, when the sun comes out in April, you put a game on, boys. We're playing. Not we, you. No, you're, you said you were, originally you said you were Matt, coaching. I, I don't want to be horrible to her. I'm better than that, though. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't want to be horrible, but that's what I'm thinking. But but talking of Matt Hampson, um, there's a dinner for Matt Hampson and Doddy Weir. It's called the Rugby Captain's Dinner at Battersea Evolution. And like I mentioned, it's on Thursday, the 21st of November. And we're all hosting a table, lads. Andy Rowe, Andy Goode. Jim Hamilton. Which poor fuckers are going to have Andy Rowe hosting? Yeah, exactly. Well, this is, this is Surely my... we're on the same table. No, 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 no. no. Well, I'm hosting a table by myself. You're hosting yeah. a table. Mate, this is where we're going to see the... Bring po- the cat food. This, yeah, you bring the cat food. Um, I'll bring the tin opener. And we're basically going to be on separate tables. And it's going to be a competition from now to the 21st of November to see who can fill their table up the f- first. So the listeners, anyone who wants to come to the rugby dinner... On the 21st of November, it's for Doddy Weir and it's for Matt Hampson, two amazing charities, two amazing human beings doing amazing things. Us three are going to host a table, tweet into the pod or tweet into the Hambo Foundation, table of eight, table of 10, table of 12, tw- table of 20 if you want, we'll fit you all in. Make a contribution, make us an offer. Okay, it could be anything, it needs to be money. It can be that you're going to run an event, that you're going to run 10 marathons. It could be anything, but get in contact with the podcast with Hambo Foundation or the Doddy Weir Foundation via social media. And we will pick out what offers are the best and you can join us at a table. Greg Gregg has tweeted in, Jim, what did you make of Ryan Mills picking you on his dream team this week and calling you Captain Spongefist and not the most skillful but a huge character? Ryan Mills has got a point. He knows his ruggers and I think his description was something like he was... I think he probably said in the interview that Jim was shit at rugby, but a great mm. guy to have around the changing room. So. I've been named in a few World World 15s. So Richard Barrington, <laughs> Ryan Mills. These aren't World 15s, Ryan just to Wills, let you know. Um, Ryan Mills and Victor Matfield named me in a, a 15 as well. Yeah. Victor Matfield named no, you on no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, I saw it somewhere. Yeah, he did. No, yeah. he did. Yeah, he did yeah. Absolutely yeah. not. Yeah, no chance. I think he named the shittest second rows he's ever played against, and he <laughs> came up with you, Jim. Gareth Gower wants to know, would Wayne Barnes rather riff the World Cup final or see England in it? Oh. Well, I interviewed him, and I asked him this very question. On Patreon? On Patreon, and he came back at me, and he said, as an England fan, he would rather England be in the World Cup final. Oh, he's England till he dies. What wow. he really meant was, I want to be referee in the World Cup final, it's going to be his swan song as an international referee. I don't know. Listen, I, I think you ask him the question, he says England. Uh, but, you know, it's like I said, how's he not got a semi-final this week? And don't come at me saying, they're shaving him for the final. Has he coached the, he's not, he's, has he ref the final nope. before? No, he hasn't. Nope. No, He'll be in the final if England don't get it, which would be class to see. I hope he doesn't get the final, only because England are in it. Because we love Barnsley, don't we? We do. Darren Moore has tweeted us, what would the French dressing room have been like towards Vahamahina? Smoky. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, Vahamahina's got history in doing silly things like that. But 
I don't know. I mean, good luck saying anything to him because he'll just bang you out, wouldn't he? Well, I, I mean, you saw when he came off, it looked... He didn't know whether to laugh or cry. What do you say? It's actually the worst. I've been sent off once playing for Worcester at Leicester. What'd you do? Uh, A forearm smashed Tom Croft in the face. Why do you not like him? Um, Well, I'll tell you why I don't like Tom Croft. (laughs) So you don't like him? No, I do. (laughs) You were at Leicester. Yeah. Remember Crofty had the McDonald's diet? Yeah. He could not put any weight on, no matter how much weights he did, no matter what he ate, and they used to let me eat anything he wanted. So for a week in pre-season, Crofty was allowed to... Have every, was told you got to have every meal from McDonald's. I know the fast food outlets are available, and it just made me so jealous. So yeah, I thought yeah, yeah, one day, envy. one day I'm going to get my own back. I'm fucking forearm smash him in the face. I did. <laughs> I got sent off. I didn't mean it actually, um, but it's the it, you've been sent off. Did Wayne Barnes send you off? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. Wayne Barnes sent me off. Oh, I hate Wayne Barnes. Well, I, I absolutely Wayne Barnes. hate, I hate Wayne Barnes. Um, but it's a horrible thing, isn't it? Well, should we finish things off then with the good, the bad, and the ugly? Yes, let's the good. Uh, we'll start off in the Premiership show, and we'll start with Bristol's. Oh, Bristol Bearbacks, well, they weren't bareback anymore, were they? Uh, Bristol's Rugby recording their biggest ever Premiership win over rivals Bath in front of a record crowd at Ashton Gate as well. Outstanding start for them. London Irish. Oh, We'll stick them in the good this week. Don't Get, make excuses. Getting only their second away win in the Premiership in the last four and a half years. Oh, my word. When they stormed the Rico Arena, but just to let everyone know, Corporate hospitality was sold out again, wasn't it? Andy Good Sweet was flying. Uh, and the Guinness was absolutely delicious. Priorities, mate. That's all I uh, know. Gloucester. Uh, Danny Cipriani impressed again. Don't want to talk about it too much. Should be at the World Cup. But lovely little chip over the top, which created one of the tries offload central after that. Was that Atkinson's try? It was, yeah. Oh, I did see that. Uh, outstanding from them. Northampton. Uh, again, massive shouts to them. They've got absolutely humperdinked by Saracens over the last two or three years. Consistently conceding 50 points so to go down to Allianz Park uh, and win down there they're the first team to win away at Saracens in the league for 20 months wow mm. uh, let's go over to the World Cup then so what else was good England uh, dominant clinical performance spanking the Aussies 40 points to 16 they were absolutely outstanding making it seven wins in a row against the Australians and avenging the hurt of the defeat at the 2015 World Cup in epic fashion but the good this week for me has to go to the All Blacks. Absolutely ripped Ireland a new one, dominating them 46-14. Aaron Smith, Bowden Barrett, flying, looking ridiculously good. Couldn't see how anyone can beat them at the weekend. So the good this week goes to the All Blacks. Uh, the bad. The start of the World Cup, Ireland were pretty bad, weren't they? Um, a poor World Cup campaign overall, really. Started off really promisingly, spanking the Scots, and then has gone downhill since, right, uh, mate, losing mate. to Japan. Uh, and then obviously going out, in a bit of a damp squib against New Zealand. Uh, they won't be happy with that. And a sad way, really, to finish for the likes of Rory Best and Joe Schmidt. Uh, what else was bad? Um, Stand at the World Cup, Ben Skeen. What an absolute shocker. Uh, it was about four yards forward, and he's like, no, no, try, 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 play on. That was pretty bad. Uh, what else was bad? Bath in the Premiership, rudderless and poor. Got spanked by Bristol. Uh, not a good way for the Stuart Hooper regime to begin with a record Derby Day defeat to Bristol's. What else was bad? Australia getting absolutely humperdinked by England. Their game plan and understanding of how to play wasn't great. Not sure about Michael Checker and his tactics, running it from everywhere. But the bad this week, he's going to go to an Australian, but he's not at the World Cup because I'm going to give the bad to Quade Cooper uh, for knifing Checker as quickly as he did as soon as Checker announced. Bad form there. Yeah, it was, it was, really it was quick. It was really quick. I mean, Quay Cooper is quick though. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight in there, knifed him in the back. Uh, and you see the difference between Drew Mitchell's tweets, Matt Gitto's tweets, and then Quay Cooper getting the biggest knife out and sticking it in the back, uh, putting it on Twitter. 
Really poor form from him. So the bad this week goes to Quade Cooper. Uh, the ugly. Two ugly things this weekend, really. World Rugby investigating Yako Piper and not considering him for the semi-finals. I understand taking him out of the semi-finals, just taking him out of the limelight, but investigating it and making it a big scene uh, doesn't sit well with me, really. But the ugly, there's only one ugly this weekend. Uh, and unfortunately for him, it goes to France. And specifically, one player. Bet he can't guess who it is. Sebastian Varmahina. You can't go around elbowing people in the throat. It's basically assault. He cost his side a place in the World Cup semi-finals. So the ugly this week goes to Sebastian Varmahina. Before we go, Jim, you've got a quick shout-out, don't you? I have uh, something fallen into my lap this week, um, and we like to talk about good things on here. Of course we do, as well as bad things and funny things. So it's not in the good, the bad, the ugly. It's just a shout-out. And it's to Fergus Guzzi Farrell. So Guzzi paralysed himself last year in an accident at home, uh, but he's a bit of an Irish legend around the Connacht parts of uh, Ireland. And he's back walking and raising cash for charities that have helped him out. So he starts tomorrow, which is Wednesday, the day that the podcast is released. And they're walking 206 kilometres across Ireland um, and they're raising money for the people that have helped him over five days. So Fergus Farrell, um, a good rugby name. A great rugby name? A great rugby yeah, name. Yeah, I'd say a great rugby name, yeah. Um, so big shout out to you. And if people want to donate, I had a look on the page um, earlier. It's already raised around 18,000 euros, which looks very good, but they're trying to raise a lot more. Uh, just check out Fergus Everyday Hero page. Type that into Google and it will take you straight there and you'll be able to follow Fergus's journey over the next few days. What a legend. Good luck to you, Fergus. Thanks, Scooty. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Producer Tim. And thank you very much for listening as well. Don't forget to subscribe, follow us on Twitter, review us on iTunes, and check out our Superfans monthly subscription service at patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod. Rugby pod. Pod, pod, pod. (laughs) 